Business Done Better by Workspin. Okay, welcome to Business Done Better by Workspin, our podcast to share valuable insights and best practices that can help your business grow and avoid costly mistakes. We're your hosts. I'm Eel Lee. And I'm John Rabel. And John, we've got a really special day today on the podcast. This is um, our first podcast with our very special guest, Jennifer Shapiro Lee. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about wellness in the workplace, which I think is a really interesting topic. Jen, it's really great to have you here. Thanks for having me here. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, really good to have you here. I think this is a very timely subject as well. So this should be some really interesting information. Exactly. For our listeners, uh, Jen is a licensed clinical social worker, a practicing psychotherapist, a certified mindfulness and meditation instructor and mindfulness in the workplace trainer. She also has her master's from social work master's in social work from Columbia University. So she has a lot of letters after her name. (laughs) She is the founder and director of a private psychotherapy practice located in Roslyn Heights, New York, that works with families, individuals, and also institutional organizations. So again, Jen, thanks for for being here. Um, Great topic today. Um, Let me just frame out the scenario real quick. Um, You know, everybody understands what's going on. It's late March, 2021, the country's getting vaccinated. We have restrictions that are lifting throughout the country and things are hopefully getting back to normal. Uh, And people are returning to their respective offices. Um, Well, and some, and some aren't. And John and I, you and I talked about that in a previous podcast about whether we needed office space or not. Um, But with that comes a lot of stress and anxiety. Um, And there has been a lot of stress and anxiety throughout the pandemic with people working from home and people still going into the office, um, either manning the fort or going in there every once in a while. Um, but the wellness aspect of it, um, you know, that, that is important. And it's something that's really been talked about um, through various media um, over the last year and it's become a very hot topic. And especially with the economy reopening and people going back to work, um, it's now more important than ever to kind of be aware of that. Yeah, and I think this is probably something Jen can touch on in detail, but companies in particular are starting to make the decision about whether or not they're going to go back and how they're going to handle that now that a vaccine's being rolled out. You know, I think that decision is not going to be kicked down the road as much as it has been. I think that probably presents some anxiety for employees, you know, whether they're going to end up staying at home permanently or going back to the office, you know, what does mindfulness, wellness look like in the workplace, regardless of what that situation ends up being for your company? That's right. And so, Jen, let's get right into it. Um, what, what do you think about all of this? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a timely topic and there's so much going on with this. I'm getting a lot of calls recently from companies and organizations because they're realizing that their employees that they need to add that extra wellness within the workplace. Because obviously, as you guys are talking about this year has been so much change, uncertainty, so much difficulty for people. And now we're like entering a new kind of change and a new what's trying to figure out what the new normal is gonna be. And everyone's been affected over the past year, whether you know people are struggling right now too with the going back to work because life is gonna look a little different. People are you know dealing with I have people coming to me, uh, individual clients and then companies and individual clients are saying, 
I don't know where my new office is. My office changed location I haven't heard yet. Or I'm worried about traveling on the subway tour or commuting. Or, you know, now I'm leaving my family and what do those days look like? So there's a lot of stress and anxiety around this new transition of back to work. And people, some companies too, aren't announcing yet, you know, what the new, what people are trying to figure out, like what days they'll be in work. And there's just so much going on with that. And then um, as far as the actual organizations, organizations are realizing that their employees are, you know, need this wellness training because actually employees are coming to their employers. Um, throughout COVID, I'm hearing employers are saying, you know, people have come to me individually and told me that they're struggling with either like, you know, work-life balance at home where people feel like they're working continuous hours. If you look at the research, people are actually working longer hours now that they're working from home. But at the same way, it's nice. A lot of people are feeling that's nice having work from home. So it's just the companies are really seeing, you know, the employers are knowing that their employees need this extra service, whether it's bringing in mindfulness or training or talking about offering their um, employees some type of fitness. So there, there's wellness. It's, it's a talk and it's always been kind of a buzzword, but now it's really something employers are wanting to put into action because it's needed right now. And, and yeah. just to clarify, I, it's not, I'm sorry, go, go ahead, John. I was just going to say, I think one thing that's interesting sort of about the approach of the wellness is it's very holistic and sort of can be used in different ways by different people. Because I think one of the issues employers are having is the employees are handling this in different ways individually. You know, they're all impacted differently, all have different feelings about the pandemic about going back to work. So it's hard to get a one size fits all. So I think, you know, these wellness programs that have lots of different options or ways that people can sort of deal with some of the anxiety or cope with some of the stress around this probably like very beneficial and lends itself to sort of being uniquely situated to each employee's sort of feelings around this. And I think what you said is really important. There is no one size fits all right here, right? Some there's the comfort levels of everyone vary so differently with COVID. And, you know, so, so adding wellness in general is important because each employee has their own circumstance. You have some employees who are ready to go back to work. You have some who, you know, maybe really liked being home. And then you have others like who have been through such traumatic experiences where maybe they lost a loved one and have been sick themselves. So we're all coming back to work in a, in a new place because this has obviously affected everybody. So wellness training is something that really employers can give it's a gift almost they can give to their company. And, you know, the, the research on wellness training shows that the more the employers actually invest in these wellness training programs, actually their employees have better productivity, decreased stress, um, decreased anxiety. I mean, the research has proven that. And actually it shows that, that the way that they produce is better in the workplace and which leads to lower levels of being absent from work. So it really is worth, you know, the investment in your employees. Yeah, I, I mean, I also think that um, this is not a new thing. Wellness training—I mean, it's it's been no. it's been offered at companies um, well before the pandemic. Um, it just hasn't been highlighted like it has been right now. I mean, there are plenty of programs out there um, that exist. Um, whether you know you have something in-house or um, perhaps you have an outsourced PEO um, who provides this kinds of training. But it's usually been, you know, fairly discreet. You know, I think it's been it's been very much um, look. If if someone has an issue, that they can go to HR, that they can go to their manager and say, "Look, I'm having an issue," or they can reach out to their insurance provider, perhaps, 
Um, and there might be something that they can do there. But, you know, on more of a uh, mass level, more highlighted throughout the company, you know, whether it's like a weekly lunch and learn um, or a monthly webinar or something like that, where employers now are really kind of bringing this to the forefront as part of training and as part, as a, part of a daily or a, a, a routine service that they provide. So not necessarily something extra, but now kind of becoming a, a way of life, I think, going forward. I think you're right in that. I think when you said it, it's discreet. It was discreet. I think that was what was happening in the past. I think now, though, we can't kind of overlook these things because right. um, the research, it shows one in four people deal with a mental health condition, whether it be anxiety, depression. So if you look at the numbers alone within a company, you have one in four people dealing with this. So, and, and COVID has just heightened this so much across the board. And one thing that COVID has done where it's not so discreet anymore is that mental, it's showing the importance of mental health awareness and how it really, people's wellness is so important. And it is, it's normalizing that conversation. And I think within that, you know, that in the mental fatigue that's going on throughout COVID, all these things. So this, it, it, it is known now as being more important. Well, it was always there. Now it seems like a necessity because we're, it's, it's basically coming to the forefront. You know, that this has going on, been going on beforehand, but now people are reaching out for help. Even as therapists, I mean, across the board, therapists have never been so busy. And it's not because mental health issues weren't there before. It's because people are now, it's more normalized to ask for help. Yeah, and I think, that is a great thing. Certainly nothing that happened with COVID, but, you know, in terms of shining a little bit more light on the benefits of mental health treatment, those types of things, and, and getting a better look sort of at what the opportunities might be for some of those things, I think is really beneficial. And in this particular situation, I think everyone being heightened, it really opened the doors to something that was there all along. But like you said, now that stigma, I think, is reduced somewhat, and it is a real benefit that companies can offer to employees, and I think now they're starting to realize those options are out there. They've always been out there, but now they're probably more proactively looking at them and thinking about how they can incorporate them into sort of really their company culture, I think. Exactly, and you know, I've been doing a lot of mindfulness meditation training within companies and organizations. And, you know, that's something maybe people don't think is their first go-to, but if they actually, meditation is really effective, just as effective as it has all the health benefits of working out, except obviously changing your physical composition, but, you know, and it has so much more um, decreasing anxiety, overall better well-being, increased immune system, which obviously everyone, it's very important to everyone right now. So, you know, I've been going into companies and organizations and, and, you know, helping educate them on how beneficial this is. And that's something every person can do. If they actually put two people in an MRI machine, one who meditates and one who doesn't, so they see a decrease in the stress level of the brain of the person who's doing consistent meditation practices. So what I do is I go and a lot of people don't know so much about it and have all these misconceptions around, you know, maybe it's feel like it's strange or they can't do it. I go into companies and I make it a real, you know, just a thing that is, you know, that I talk to everyone about how they can do this and how it's easy to do. And really it activates our nervous system if we just are able to take a few deep breaths and that automatically will calm down our nervous system. That could be before an important call or a meeting or transitioning from work to home. There's a lot of different skills that we can use to really help ourselves. So I've got a two-part yeah, question, I, I, Jen. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. So 
Um, when you when you provide this type of training, um, you know, a lot of it has been on on Zoom, uh-huh. for example. And so when you have you know 30, 40, 50 people on a screen, um, um, are they are they at the office at that time or or have they been at home? Has it been a combination of both? And the second part of the question is, you know, when you have private therapy sessions, it's, it's very interactive. Um, have you found um, that folks are a bit more open when they're around their colleagues, um, when you're talking about these things? Um, are there a lot of good questions being asked? Yeah, so um, it's mainly people at home, what I've experienced over the past you know, year before it was in person. And now people are really on these Zoom sessions from home mainly. And, you know, it's, it's work though. I mean, I, I've talked so much, done so many, I've done, you know, panels throughout the past year. I've done webinars, I've done workshops. And, you know, in a way it can bring everyone together very easily on Zoom. But, you know, and sometimes there is that fear in a company of kind of, t- I mean, this is a topic still that we're, we're yeah, learning. Yeah, it's a sensitive to- topic. Yeah, we're still learning to be more open. And obviously it's harder when you're with your colleagues than it is in an individual session with me. But, you know, even just providing the education out there to say, to let them know what the symptoms are of mental fatigue or the symptoms of anxiety or the symptoms of depression and that there's resources for every single thing and ways to get help, I think is really important because I guarantee people in that room are struggling. And even if they're not saying it, you know, you know, they'll possibly write me after and say like, thank you, you know, I'm struggling with this instance at work or at home. Um, or, you know, like you said, the HR staff will tell me that they've had people come to them a lot individually throughout COVID. So even if they're not still, I think they're still working on being open, but they're willing to the, they're willing and they're, they're engaged in the process. I would say maybe they're not sharing exactly what they're going through in these corporate settings, but it's a starting point. And I think people so are thankful. Is- they're, they're not alone. Pe- people are not alone. They're, the colleagues yeah. next to them may be feeling the same way. Exactly. Yep. Not alone. So, and, you know, I think it provides connection to normalizing that people are not alone in this. I also think it's nice what you do in terms of sort of presenting different options, letting people know there's some like really low barriers to entry to start working on some of this, you know, like some of the things you discussed you've got five minutes before big calls coming up here are quick, easy tips you can do, you know, to sort of reduce that anxiety. So you can sort of start easily working your way into it. You know, people have different thoughts about how they want to handle stuff like that. So uh, it's nice to know that you can start sort of slowly and work your way into a more sort of holistic approach. Yeah. And I'm just giving people tips that anyone could do. Like I'm telling people when we go to bed at night, lots of nights, we think of what we didn't do well through the day, or maybe like what we didn't get done or, you know, that happens a lot. People ruminate at night. And what I say to like people, when I go onto these meetings, I say, why don't you think of your three wins for the day before you go to sleep, you know, wake up in the morning and think of a couple of things you're grateful for, for the day or something you want to set your intention on for the day. Um, and I say to people, I say, know your three self-care techniques. Like, for example, mine is meditation, calling friends, taking a walk. And I always say to people, like, what are your three go-tos? And sometimes people say they don't know. And like, if you don't know, you really got to think about it. Because these are just basic things we can do to help ourselves. I don't think I, don't think I know. John, do you know? <laughs> yeah, no. I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> but I love that tip about um, thinking about your wins at night. I think maybe that'll help um, make people sleep better because... 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably like everyone else, thinking about all the things I didn't get done that day. Right, like <laughs> what's we waiting for yeah, me the next morning? Yeah, we right. can find three wins in every day, you know. I love that. And, and I even say to people, you know, the the research shows the more positive you think, the better we feel. So I even say to people, okay, when you have a negative thought go into your head, I want you to back that up by three positive thoughts. Just just a small. That's a great idea. Yeah. And that's like easy things, you know, that anyone can quickly adapt or adopt, I should say. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of these techniques out there. And, um, you know, what I did over COVID too, I put on my website, jenniferspirelli.com, I put a coping list of about 40 different skills where people can go on there, print it out. And it just has all these techniques people can use if they're struggling. And, you know, it's just helpful. Like there are things people can do to feel better. And I think people, that's a good thing to know. So I think you mentioned what and when people are struggling. So what could people sort of be looking for as a sign that they might be struggling? Because, you know, mm-hmm. some people may have been dealing with some of these issues beforehand, but certainly the COVID situation might have either heightened it or even brought it about in people and sort of they might be uncertain about what's going on. So anything they can sort of be on the lookout for that might be Yeah. So like, for example, you're hearing a lot about the whole mental fatigue going on and, you know, ways to look out for that emotionally are just feeling irritable, lack of concentration, you know, maybe a bit of anger, feeling disconnected or numbed out or not feeling productive. And then, you know, physically it could be not sleeping well, it could be gaining weight, um, just having even stomach aches or headaches. So these are all like things to just look out for. And, you know, when you are even to notice like what's going on actually in your body physically and emotionally. And then if you are struggling, it's like, what can you do? Maybe you need like to take that mental health break, like a day off, or maybe you take a few days off. I mean, right now we are actually working almost more because there's not such a fine line between home and work you know, as far as like emails and calls and all that. So to be aware of where you're feeling that burnout. And then like anxiety is when you're, you know, your mind is worried or you go to that worst case scenario all the time that never really actually ends up happening in many instances, or you're going to like every case scenario of what could or couldn't happen. And it's almost like to bring it back. And I I ask clients, I say, what you're worried about right now, I want you to ask yourself if if this is going to matter in a week. And obviously there's some huge things in life that will matter in a week, but there's some things that we worried about last week. We don't even remember what we worried about last week because now we're on to the new worry for this week. So it's almost like to really try and put things in perspective and, you know, to check the facts, for example, like, you know, for example, an example of that is, you know, I send out an email and I don't ever get a response. And, you know, to me, that email is important, but I'm saying to myself, like, you know, why didn't they respond? What did I do wrong? Like your mind goes everywhere or it goes like, you know, what happened? Did I not say the right thing? And this is typical things that people deal with. And then I have to check the facts and say, well, I don't know what other facts are there. Maybe they were busy. Maybe they didn't get it, you know? And, and I think what's for me, like my mindfulness training has really helped to actually shut that down and to say like, you can only control on your end. So you just have to sometimes learn how to let things go, which are very hard to do. And actually that's why meditation is super helpful. People think meditation is about turning off your thoughts. We actually cannot turn off our thoughts. We have 60 to 8,000 thoughts per day. They don't turn off. Meditation and mindfulness is about retraining your mind. So if you're trying to like do breathing and you're thinking of, 
work, a deadline, your family, every time your mind is wandering to just bring it back when you notice it without judging yourself back to your breathing. And the reason why this works is in real life that translates. So in real life, if I'm worried about that email, I didn't get a response to, I can tell myself after my mindfulness practice for a while, I can, you know, now that I have that experience, I can say, there's nothing I can do, like, move on, like almost like shut it down. And that's why this all is very helpful. Yeah, I think the worry and the, you know, sort of trying to work past things that you can't control is particularly relevant right now and has been for the past year. You know, you're talking about industries being devastated, like the restaurant industry, completely out of the control of the owners, the employees, everyone. And I think, and Elon and I have talked about this before, even in the new year, you know, everyone was hoping 2021, it would be over. It's still going on. Companies still haven't stabilized. Employees are still very uncertain about the future of their, you know, job with the business and all things they can't control. You know, another uptick could just push us right back to where we were six months ago. So, and I think people are worried about all of that. And they are. You know, these types of things would be very helpful in trying to sort of cut some of that down. Right, like we, there's a lot we can't control and trying to control what we can. I mean, we don't, as humans, we don't like uncertainty. And this has been all about having to adjust to uncertainty and pivot and it's been hard. And like you said, like we're all in the same storm but we're really not all in the same boat. There's people who've actually lost family members. There's people who haven't had employment who can't even pay their you know, bills or eat. So we all are experiencing different things. And that's not to minimize what every single person is going through. But at the same time, just to be aware of like, there's a lot of hardship out there and just to do what we can to connect, help others and control what we can. And a lot of people don't have that kind of self-awareness. I mean, it's, it's difficult when you, know, you have all those thoughts, like you said, per day um, to kind of take the time out and, and to kind of reflect on how you're feeling yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and when that doesn't happen, um, you know, business owners, managers, you know, they can be in a position to perhaps help. You know, and, and so what, what are some of the things that a manager, um, what are some signs that they can see from their staff or from their colleagues that might cue them to say, you know what, this person might need a little bit of um, uplifting, a little bit of help. Um, you know, what are the signs and, and what can they do? Yeah. And you're a hundred percent right. Like a lot of people, awareness is hard. And I always say to my clients without awareness, there's no change. So the first step is actually awareness and people can be aware. That's a great place to start. So, you know, as far as employers and managers, actually what I've done in some circumstances is I've gone into companies and worked with the leader of the organization or the manager, and I've actually taught them these mindfulness meditation practices. So then they can, you know, role model and bring that to their company. But I think also as far as looking at what employees are going through, it's almost like is, is someone calling out often? Is someone not as productive as they once were? Is someone seem disconnected? Um, is someone, you know, just, just like if someone doesn't seem like they're the way that they've been typically, almost to like to open those conversations and not be afraid of it. And just, you know, ask their employers, like show interest and ask what's, are you okay? What's going on? And you know, it doesn't mean they have to necessarily be the one that they're not the ones who have to solve that problem, but there's resources to give to their employer, their employees. So that's important. You know, I know that there's some companies now who are having a list of referral sources for therapists out there or, you know, whatever resources these clients need, and they're giving those to their employees and, you know, urging them to, to get help if they need it, because it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't, 
as far as people struggling with anxiety, stress, depression, it actually does not discriminate against anything. It can happen to anyone, whether, you know, they're wherever they are in life. Yeah. They shouldn't be embarrassed by it whatsoever. No, no, no I, I, I think, I, yeah, no, go, go ahead, John. But I agree. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I mean, I, I think that a lot of people are going through it, um, whether or not they know it, right. their colleagues are going through it too. Um, and it's really nice when there, you know, someone is there to help them and to throw them a line. Um, right. You know, like you said, I mean, if they just need like a mental health day yeah. um, or whatever yeah. it is um, to avoid burnout, um, you know, it bodes well for the for themselves, the organization, um, their friends and family, um, just kind of everything um, throughout their right. life. Because like you said, these days there's such, um, there's a really blurry line between work and yeah, um, I mean, people are working and living, and they are constantly switching gears. Constantly. So just doing that causes stress and anxiety. I mean, you know, when I guess it was just over a year ago when a lot of people went to hiding into their homes and started working from there. And um, you know, I just like for me, I didn't even know. I was so disoriented because I'd never worked from home <laughs> at, at that time. You know, um, it was a, a weekday and I'm walking around the house, um, taking a small break. And I'm kind of like, wow, this is, this is weird. It's Monday. It's during the day and my kids are home and, um, you know, it's just very strange. And the dog is like, wow, everyone's here, but they're all ignoring me because they're all working or virtual learning or whatever it is. So, you know, it was probably even a little stress for the pets too. Because um, yeah. that was a little bit of a change for them, also. But you know, as we go back into the workplace, um, people are going to feel disoriented going back into their offices, and maybe maybe they're in a brand new location as well, or maybe they're going into a location for the very first time, and people have switched jobs. Or I was, yeah, I was going to say, or maybe they're right? just starting a new. They got yeah a lot of people because have. of this. Now companies are hiring back, and they got a new job somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Some and, into work having never met their colleagues in person. I've been working with them online for so long. I mean, there's so many different yeah. And it's so different than seeing them in person. And once they start congregating back into the office and people are, are getting reacquainted in person with people that they've known for years, perhaps, or someone that they've never met in person before, um, likely there's going to be some anxiety for that person. Uh, you know, it's like walking to a party and not knowing anybody really. Um, what, what tips can, can you provide um, for those people, you know, going back into the office and feeling sort of disoriented with their new setting or their old setting? Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of my individual, a lot of people are coming to me talking about this and feeling disoriented and anxious about going back. And um, I, I think it's about coping ahead. So when I mean coping ahead, what that would look like, for example, like I live outside the Manhattan area. So a lot of people I'm hearing are really stressed about the commute. So, you know, do, how, do they feel safe going on the subway? Do they feel safe, you know, taking a All train? Right. Good, good point. Um, so it's coping ahead and making a plan. Like, you know, we had mentioned before, control what you can. So where do we have control? Obviously, sometimes things come our way that we can't control, but looking at it and saying, okay, on that first week I go back to work, how do I want my commute to look like where I feel the most comfortable? You know, what do I want to do? Where can you prepare ahead in your mind? I think whenever we have some sort of preparation, we feel better. So that would be an important step, you know, and just to 
so that would be the main thing. And then I would just, you know, tell her, I mean, we've gotten through so much in this past year and that's a good reminder to tell, you know, tell, to know that what we've gone through and we've gone through things in the past, we can get through this change too. I mean, compared to what we've been through, this is just another change. And to remind ourselves like all the healthy ways we got through things before. So, um, but you know, we're, res we're resilient. We, we do get through things and it's just, it's a big transition. And just to be kind to yourself, the transitions are difficult and just to know that and whatever feelings come up, it's okay not to judge our feelings, just to sit, just to allow them to be. It doesn't mean you sit with negative feelings all day long, but to know when they come up, like this is normal and part of the process and it's okay. Yeah, it might be, it might be nice to have That's a nice, nice group lunch <laughs> on the first day back. Yeah, I think negative feelings is probably something that everyone experiences and mental health is probably something that everyone should be paying attention to. You know, it's people pay attention to their physical health. Why not also pay attention to your mental health? It's probably equally as important. Right. And, and, you know, getting the proper sleep is really important. Um, you know, sleep is the number one vulnerability factor to like emotional mood and things like that. So I would say really try to have a, a sleep schedule if you can, it's important, obviously exercise, healthy eating, all that really plays in if, cause if that stuff isn't right at all, right away, we're more vulnerable to feeling emotional and feeling overwhelmed. So really to kind of check where we're at with things. That's hard for a lot of people, including myself. <laughs> Right. Sleep is a commodity. It's a scarcity. Um, yeah. I try not to drink too much coffee during the day, um, but uh, you know that that seems to help. But yeah, I mean that that's that's a tough one, yeah, <laughs> especially sneaking in exercise too during the day. Right. And we all struggle with it, so it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like we all struggle. I mean, today I have 10, 10 hours straight back to back, and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm gonna eat. And you know, we all struggle with that, but you know, it's not giving up. So this is what I say to people. Lots of times people get in this mode where they stop eating well or stop working out, and then they just kind of like give up for a for a while, and then you get back to it. And I say, just reset. Tomorrow's a new day. It's, you don't have to give up. You just have to reset. And you don't have to be hard on yourself about it because that just makes things work worse when we're hard on ourselves about things. So where can we just start new? It's a new day. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, you're on a good streak, but then you have like a bad day or something that creates a downward spiral. Um, you know, not beating yourself up because you had a bad day. It's fine. Start over again tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. We're all going to have those hard days, but we will get, you know, we've gone through this. We'll just keep going. Yeah, I, I think that's a great piece of advice. I mean, let, let's face it, you know, we all have like a to-do list that we that we set up in the morning and you know, you're lucky if you get through a fraction of it. Yeah, that's what we stress over at night, how we didn't do any of it. <laughs> I'm, exactly. not gonna, I'm not gonna stress over that anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna think about all the wins. <laughs> right, there you go. We have today, oh, that, yeah. that's great. Well, I know you got a really busy day. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, I really hope our listeners um, enjoyed it as well. And you know, I think this is a very important topic and I would love for you to come back, you know, maybe even a year from now, just to see, you know, what sort of progress, you know, uh, companies and people have made in general. You know, I think a year from now, it's going to look vastly different than where we are today, like it did a year ago. So yeah, we'd love to have you back. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was great. Do you want to quickly give yourself a plug and let people know where they can find you, how they can reach you? Yeah, sure. I mean, my website's jennifershapirolee.com and I have some videos for coping on there. And like I mentioned before, a coping list. And then from there, I have all my socials. You could just click on through there. I'm on 
Jennifer Shapiro Lee Psychotherapy. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all that as well. So, but yeah, this was great. Thank you so much for having Fantastic. me. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Jen. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, as always, we'd love to hear from our listeners. We would love to have feedback. Um, any other suggestions you'd like to hear for future episodes? You can always reach us at eel, that's I-L at workspin.io. And John, that's J-O-H-N at workspin.io. And of course, our website, workspin.io. Yep, and we're on, on LinkedIn as well. Great. All right, thanks everybody. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Business Done Better by Workspin. And as always, we love to hear from our listeners, so please send us your topic ideas for future episodes to eel, that's I-L at workspin.io, and John, J-O-H-N at workspin.io. See you next time.